This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tackling Life Podcast with the great Ray Lewis and me, Dr. Christian Conti. It's a success podcast that tackles life through the lessons of sports. Ray, how you doing? Doc, what's up, man? I feel good. I feel strong. I feel like helping our listeners decide about making good decisions. Which is the key to life. It really is. So, you know, I'm in the prisons and I do, I study my theory, my yield theory in the prisons. And I was in there the other day and there was a story that happened I really wanted to share with you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was meeting with this guy who had been arrested and spent about four years so far of his sentence um, for dealing drugs and a couple other robberies associated with that. And so as he started to tell me about dealing drugs, he started to get kind of animated like he was wanting me to see the what could what good could come from it. And I looked at him and I said, you're, you're explaining this to me about the benefits as though I would actually like consider this. And I want you to understand something. I'm not saying this with judgment, but I want you to understand something. If I was as thirsty as could be right now, and there was a can of gasoline sitting next to me, even though that can of gasoline is liquid, it would not be an option for me to drink that can of gasoline. And, uh, and, he, and I, I went on, I said, when you talk about it's an option to allow yourself to go down that path, I don't allow myself to even consider going down that path. And I want you to hear that perspective. And man, he sat back in his chair and he said, I never, I never thought about it like that before. He's like, I've always just allowed this to be an option for me. And it really hit him in a deep way. And I thought, so we ended up sharing that in our group later about that. And it resonated with some of the guys about, look, you have to figure out what you're going to allow yourself to do. And if you're going to allow, if you're going to permit yourself to go down a path, then I promise you, you'll find the opportunities to go down that path. Doc, look, everything, the the, the, the number one thing, you know, I mean, everything you just said is... We, we just have more people who are willing to follow than lead. Mm. That's where that's where that's where the lack of the right decision is made most of the times. Right. Right. It's, it's just it, it's, it's this thing that people want to be they want to fit in so much that they will do anything to fit in. Yep. And that's what those decisions come from. I don't, I don't make them. I'm, 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 I'm agree with you 
a little bit here, but I want to I want you to elaborate on this for me because I don't fault them because of what they engage themselves in if they're in the wrong environment. Hmm. Because nobody wins that, right? It's like a person who's addicted to drugs. If you hang around drugs, guess what? You're gonna keep doing drugs, right? Right. right. If, if 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 it's it's simple. That's simple, right? I want you to think about this concept, doc, and I want you to really think about this, and I want people to think about this. If you put two lions in a cage and do not feed them. One of the lions will kill the other in order to survive to have food. Mm. Mm. So we should not question why people from the same community kill each other when we have not provided them the necessary resources to survive. Mm. I really, really like that analogy. And that that's, to me, that's powerful. For any of our listeners out there, you asked me to clarify that or, or expound on that a little bit. And to me, my entire theory, my yield theory is about not being, wiping away all judgments, wiping away complete judgments and saying, look, let me meet you where you are. Let me just understand where you are. So I, I want to be super clear that I don't have judgments for people going down that path, especially when you're young and that's all you've ever learned. Um, I was talking about this the other day to a guy who was real judgmental. He said, I'm glad you don't judge what I do. And I said, look, how, how can you judge somebody when you haven't walked that path, when you haven't lived that life, when you haven't grown up since the time you were a little kid with so many of the people that I work with? They're, from the time they were little, their parents were even steering them. This is the path to take. So why I would never fault somebody for taking that. What I do is I say from this moment forward, I don't care about what happened in the past. I don't care about two seconds ago because I can't get that back. But what I do care about is from this moment forward. So if I can help you make good decisions from this moment forward, then it's going to help put you in a better spot for success. Um and I think a lot of the guys I work with respond to that in a, in a positive way because they know I have no judgment. It's just about what can you do from this moment forward. Let me make an assessment of your situation and let me ask you what can you do from this moment forward. And I think that's true for all of us. Because it takes a boldness. It takes a boldness for one. And it takes a certain level of maturity for two for you to tell powerful influences I'm not going to go that route. Mm -hmm. and, 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 I'm, and I'm telling you, Doc, I will be the first one to tell you, even when I was younger, I was not I was not bold enough to tell people that was around me to get away from me. Right. Not that you not that you're a bad person, but what you're doing doesn't align with what I'm doing. But that takes courage, man. That takes a lot of bold. Like, oh, my gosh, like you got to knuckle up. And you got to be like, like, and you got to be like, man, look, I, look, and, and, and I don't think people, you know, a lot of people are scared to do it. They're scared to hurt people's feelings. They're scared to, to lose certain friends. And I think when you think about the gang life, when you think about over 700 murders in Chicago in 2016, you know, and when you think about a 62% increase you know, but when you think about why why they are fighting, because they are fighting for pure survival, Doc. Mm -hmm. It's like the Serengeti. It's like you don't have 
nothing but to wake up every day and decide if you're going to eat or if you're going to be eaten. Yeah, and, and you and you hit the nail on the head. It takes a boldness and a courage to even question your environment and your surroundings and the people who are influencing you. It takes a boldness and a courage. And I certainly would never stand in front of anyone and say I was courage and had that boldness when I was young. That's something that took taken me a long time to learn how to do, um, to get away from the from, from negative people. But here, here's the thing. I had a, one one guy, a real uh, a big, strong guy who had done a lot of pretty pretty bad things, and he was open about the stuff that he had done. He killed people, and he talked about um, after I did that, and he said I came to prison. He said not one of those people that I did that stuff for has come to see me in in, in nearly 15 years. Not one of them came to see me. So he said, who was really here for me? He was like my mother. That's about it. My mother was here for me, but who else was really here for me. So I think it does take a boldness and a, and a courage to ask yourself, who's influencing you? Who's who's really going to, and who are you going to allow to impact you? Because who's really there for you? And to me, yes, if, if you have uh, family, like you stand up for family, but you also have to sometimes stand up to family and say, look, you're going down a path that I can't go down right now because I've, I, I care too much about my life. If you have children, I care too much about my children. I can't do this. So it's not easy and I'm not judging, but I'm saying there's, there's decisions that need to be made. Environments. Environments create attitudes. And that's why the, the attitudes of gang life is pure survival, mm-hmm. right? Because of there are no resources, Doc. Right. Doc, in 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 all of these neighborhoods, I mean, we have we're we're forty four, forty five presidents in now, and guess what? Urban America, urban neighborhoods have not been cleaned up yet. Right. Same environments, same disasters. Same cycles. Mm-hmm. And you ask yourself, why Why are the numbers alarming? Because guess why? Resources are not going back into those communities. They're actually steady leaving the communities. And there's not many resources anyway. Right. Like you, you, you go in these communities, man, the houses don't have windows. They don't have running heat. They don't have running water. They don't have a way to cook clean. They don't have none of that. So guess what? It's pure survival. Mm-hmm. Pure survival. And and Doc, I'm writing about this myself because and and I'm and, and I'm changing the, the title a few times, but I'm trying I'm I'm asking human beings, when did we become so animalistic to where everything is a fight? Right. To where everything is is people are so judgmental. Anything that somebody says, you go on social media and you just jump at it, you lash out at somebody and regardless on before you do any history behind it. And if you can lash out, think about this. If you're that judgment, if you're that controversial, if we're that controversial, whether you're Democrat or Republican, if you're that com- uh, um, confrontation or whether you're white or black, understand if you don't have nothing, how confrontation you're really going to be. You don't care about nobody else, Doc. Right, right, right. No, and listen, <laughs> listen. A recent, recent study showed um, that in the brain scan showed that your amygdala, that's your center, your fight or flight response in your brain, that beliefs are ingrained in your amygdala. In other words, 
our if our beliefs are ingrained in our fight or flight response, that's why this is why when you and I sat down and, and started doing that fifty two days of inspiration, we started talking about you have to at least question your beliefs. Doesn't mean you can't come back to your beliefs and believe what you believe strongly, but you have to start to understand them. Because if you just blindly take in stuff and you don't question it, and these beliefs are ingrained in your fight or flight, you'll kill another person for believing differently than you. And we're seeing that. We're seeing people kill each other for not believing what they believe. And on social media, the attacks, if someone believes something different than someone else politically... From either side, the attacks are horrific. Like, just lighting people up. How dare you believe this? You're siding with this person or that. And it's just un, it's un, it's unreal, but it is real, and this is happening. Well, I think what's unreal is, I mean, I thought we, I thought we lived in a country where you had the freedom of speech to say anything you wanted to say. I thought we lived in a country that, if you paid your own taxes, you can do what you want to do, right? <laughs> and 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 so now we found this culture of judgmental people who has now created these, you know, what Dame calls cyber cowards. Yep. You know, and people who they don't they're not there. To help find a solution, they're yeah. there to keep drama going. Yeah, they're there to 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 you know I I said some I spoke the other week last week in L.A. Um, and we gave away uh, at the L.A. One Thousand, which was my uh, you know economic development job creation job fair thing, and we gave away about uh, right at about seventeen hundred jobs. Um, about six hundred more people have second chance calls. Mm. And it was something I said, you know, in there, which was crucial to what we're saying now. I said, it bothers me that we have allowed society to dictate and feed our kids all of this foolish garbage that we're starting to see. Right. You you, you have to really think about what we're allowing our kids to have access to doc mm-hmm. a, a thousand percent you we are right? influenced yeah we're influenced by our environment so you watch you constantly watch this violence you constantly surround yourself with these extreme positions these extreme opinions you're either left side of the p- politics or right side of the politics and there's just blind hatred on either side and what's funny is neither side really rep- understands that they they both have the same amount of hate. Either the other side will be like, no, it's definitely them. They're the ones that have the hate. And then, my goodness, somebody takes an opinion that that it disagrees with them, and the hatred flies. So I see it. I see it clearly. Um, I see it from both sides, and I think it's because we are ingraining people with the. Again, it comes back to it, it comes back to this. Look, I believe that there is a number that we have for everything. So, like I always say, like. For me, for weight, like uh, 270. If I get close to 270 on the scale, I'm like, man, I need to start running. Like somehow in my mind, I made it unacceptable to get to 270. So, but I really need to make it a lot less than that, right? Because I'm about 255 right now. So I should be, my number should be a lot less than that. But here's my point. Good Lord. I know, I know. But listen, we here's my point from this. We all have a number. And if we could, if we could say, if we could say to ourselves, 
my number for violence against women is zero, then that means I'm not making it an option to hit a woman. Like, I need to make my number zero. But I think because of all the environmental factors, from video games, from the violent movies, from the violence we see constantly, we are inundated with this. We allow ourselves permission to go that extra distance to hurt people. We give ourselves permission. And I think we need to make it, like I said from the gasoline story in the beginning, just not an option to go that route. I'm not drinking gasoline if I'm thirsty, and I'm not going to do things that I shouldn't be doing violently. And that's why I'm so glad you led into that, Doc. Listen to this, because you understand the brain, and you understand everything that goes on. And in social media and when all these different things that we're starting to allow to happen. Right. So the same thing that, that happens, right, when you receive a text, right, and a text comes across your phone, right? There's the chemical that's released. It's called dopamine, right? Mm-hmm. It's releasing the brain when we use our cell phones for social media, texting, whatever it is. But think about this, Doc. It's the exact same chemical release when we smoke, when we gamble. When we do drugs, mm-hmm. it's highly addictive. Mm-hmm. This is the problem. This is the, here's the problem. Alcohol ain't bad unless you drink a lot of it. Right. Smoking ain't bad unless you smoke a lot. Mm-hmm. Gambling ain't bad unless you gamble a lot. But think about this. There's an age restriction on smoking. There's an age restriction on drinking. There's an age restriction on gambling. But how amazing is we don't have an age restriction on phones? Mm. Wow. How how amazing is that we have the ability to allow a four-year-old the same access as a 41-year-old? <laughs> and ask them to and ask them to separate the two. So now you see why divorce rates are all time high. Now you see why suicide rates are all time high because this addictive chemical that's released dopamine has now created instant gratification. Mm -hmm. So instead of somebody going and research something and actually find out how something happens, how it's supposed to happen, I will Google it instantly. And guess what? If I want to be, if I want to feel that something that I say has approval, I tweet. And if I tweet, if somebody doesn't tweet back and the tweet takes too long, the name we start to worry ourselves saying, I wonder, did I say the wrong thing? Yep. Right. <laughs> so a- so and we we lay in the bed with our loved ones and we wake up the next morning. And before we wake over and first of all, before we say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning or before we say, hey, honey, how you doing? Nice to see you. We roll over because of that addictive chemical. Mm-hmm. To look at this text of somebody else's response that's outside of my own. It's like going to dinner. You go to dinner and you sit at dinner and you're, you're, you're trying to look eye to eye with somebody and they cannot put their phone down. Mm. And I mean, they sit at dinner and they will then try to show you respect. I always tell people this. I want you to pay attention to business means now. Business means now are ran Phones are put on the are put on the table and people even turn them face down. That does nothing. Yeah. That shows me how much lack of respect you have for my meeting if you have to walk in with your phone next to you and then put it on the table and turn it face down. Right. Really? 
Really. And and I and I just think, you know, if you take if you think about big picture, Doc, chemically, what we're doing to the brain, Joseph Murphy wrote this book, The Power of the, of, of the Subconscious Mind. What we're doing to, to the to subconscious mind is we're taking the feeling process out of it. The subconscious mind is where everything is supposed to bury. It's supposed your feelings is supposed to be planted in those, and your respect and your morals is supposed to be is supposed to be planted in the subconscious mind. But now social media and all these different things. Look, I'm not. We can never stop social media. It's a lot of good in it. It's a lot of great in social media. But this highly addictiveness that we are allowing our kids to get hold to. And you have to ask yourself, how can we win if kids have the same access that adults have with these phones? We can't. I love, I mean, everything you say, I support a thousand percent. I, I absolutely agree with that. I think that if we do not... Uh, regulate when our children are using that phone, then we are supporting that habit. And it's an addiction. You're right. It's an absolute addiction from dopamine to serotonin to the fact that we have seen the basal ganglia, which is the reward center, light up like a reward. I'm getting a reward when exactly what you talked about, Ray. I, I, I see the text. Oh, I got it back. Now I have that reward. And I don't get it. There's a drop in that. And now I feel depressed. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to give you some, some solutions, some hands-on things things that you can do so that you're not just a puppet to social media and everything else. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. The Tackling Life Podcast is now taking your calls. If you have a question or comment for us, just call 646-762-4432 and leave us a message. We Look, we'll, we'll play this on the show. Just call us, 646-762-4432, or download the Voigo app for iOS or Android. That's V-O-I-G-O. And you can leave a direct message for us through your mobile device. We're looking forward to hearing from you. We're back and we're talking about decision making and Ray just brought up some really powerful points about the phones and addiction and talking about how, look, we can regulate drinking, we can regulate gambling, we can regulate smoking or as far as age, but then when it comes to phones, which also produce addiction, we don't regulate that. Um, and it, you're true. You're, you're, you're 100% uh accurate about this, that this is what occurs. So it's a matter of making a decision as adults who are going to provide phones for children to be able to find that balance 
because if you don't find that balance, you're caught up. Anything in anything when you you do too much of it is not going to be good for you. You can't even drink too. You drink too much water, you could you know you're going to end up having problems. So there's always a too much for things, and it's important to find the balance in it. This is what part of the issue is, and 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 you said going away that we was going to give solutions. I would challenge people in today's time to block out in the course of a day. You have to block out in the morning, in the middle of the day, and at night. You must do this. You must block out any distraction in which, let's use phones for example, in the morning, you must write something down in the morning that has nothing to do with your phone, but has everything to do with something that must be done in that day. You must pray about something. You must meditate on something. It's, it's essentially what we're doing, Doc, in our book. Mm-hmm. And in the course of a day, let's see if you can take the next 30 days and you can actually record Keep recorded in your personal journal and whatever it is, it can't be your phone, on how many hours in the course of a day can you spend without your phone. Mm. Mm. And, 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 and you must work on something that directly impacts you, whether it's getting rid of something or whether it's chasing something. Mm. Because it, it, if we don't and, and I'm a challenge parents. This is to all parents across the world. And I want this to be put out on every channel because all parents across the world have to know this. Your kids does not. I say again, your kids does not need cell phones while they're in schools. Cell phones should be dropped off to parents. They should be dropped off to the principal's office. And the moment that the kids are ready to get picked up at the end of school, that's when you pick up their phones. They should never, from, 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 from the moment the bell rings in the morning, a kid does not need a cell phone. It bothers me that parents say, oh, well, I have to get in contact with them and I, I need to be, really? I live my whole life and I left my mama house in the morning and I saw her that evening when she got home to work and we did not have phones. No, and you but know guess what, what we and like. I and I, yeah, and I don't disagree with that, except that the, I think the point that I think that is different than from when you and I grew up is with the fear of the school shootings and all these things that are happening. The school shootings are up so high compared to what they used to be non-existent um, that I think that's that fear. But I do, but I don't, but I do agree with you. Because I don't think kids need it. And the majority of kids who have their phones in schools are doing way other things than just even getting in contact yeah, with their school, parents. Yeah, well, because, yeah doc, because school shootings has nothing to do with kids having their phones. They can't freaking save the world having their freaking phones. You know, like 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 we, we have enough security at schools that can get all of those things done. I'm telling you, we, we, we are creating a culture 
that we're letting kids act like they're grown 24-7 out of a day. That's impossible. You cannot. That's like me walking in. That's like me telling guys when I was playing. That's like me telling guys, what the heck you bring your cell phone in the meeting for? We're in a meeting. Right. Everything in this meeting is important. Every detail is important. And, and, and that's what kids are missing. I mean, one of my youngest sons. I'm telling you, so I'm not telling parents I didn't make the mistake. I made the mistake. One of my youngest sons, he takes his freaking phone to school. And I, I go to school and the teacher's like, one of the smartest kids I know, but um, I found him, you know, going through his phone. There is nothing in your phone that is necessary that you need while you're in freaking class. While you're walking between periods, there's nothing in phones. The bottom line is, if we don't take back a culture, we're going so fast with technology. I, I get it. A bunch of smart people are taking technology and going so fast. But what's happening with technology going so fast is we're dumbing down life skills. Mm -hmm. Life skills. Kids. I gave a speech the other day. And in this speech, I asked. I think it was like eight to nine to ten kids. I asked them to all go to this thing on their phones and within 15 seconds, every one of them had pulled up three, th three different things. I then came right back, doc. And I asked the same kids, how many of you can cook, can clean, can iron, can fold, can wash, can dry, can make up your own bed, can get yourself ready for school, doc, not one raised their hand. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you the culture that we're raising. We're raising a culture that, and, 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 and we're talking about decision making. So I'm telling parents, even when me and you were coming up, the reason why we're the people we are today is because of how our parents, the things that they did when we were coming up, they did not enable us. Right. They helped us. They made us, uh, us adapt. We had to adapt. The mind had to work when we was growing up. The mind is dying out, Doc. I agree. And, and that's I, why. Go ahead. No, but there's a there was a there was a book called The Disappearance of Childhood by a guy named Neil Postman. Uh, back in the 90s, and he hit on this point that you're talking about, which I really wholeheartedly agree with. When you expose children to the same things that adults are exposed to, there's no delineation of when's the ch when are the children, when are they adults, and when you when you disrupt that, you really make childhood go away. You're asking the brain to process things that the brain's not ready to process. So I definitely whole, whole, wholeheartedly agree with that. And I, 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 we'll come back to uh, decision makings and, and, and this idea of delaying gratification. I say to guys, even in the prison, I can teach you right now. It doesn't matter. You don't need to be out outside of the prison walls. You can start practicing this right now. Here's, if you want to help, change your response to hurry up and you know you need gratification gratification just like you're talking about if somebody out there wants to learn how to change that the next time your leg itches instead of hurrying up and scratching i want you to step back just take a couple breaths oh, my leg's itchy Whew, okay 
And now, see to yourself, do I have to scratch it? And you might think, well, that's kind of silly. Why would I do that just about scratching my leg? Because it's training your brain. What you practice, you master. Uh, you, you know, what you practice, you master, whether it is in sports or life, what you practice, you master. So if you can practice self-control, if you can practice being able to uh, have, delay your gratification for things, uh, you you want to you want a sip of uh, a drink you want to drink a water and you're really thirsty you say to yourself let me let me step back for a minute and this is a practical way to teach yourself to change how you need gratification. Yeah, and I'm I I, I you know I think kids kids are gonna get mad at me they are gonna stay mad at me I want them to stay mad at me I don't want to be their friends I want to be someone that helps them and that's why you know not just in school. I think, you know, when kids come home, I think the first thing they should do is turn their phones in to make sure they get all their homework done. I think you give them a two hour block to where you give them their phone back. I think anybody that's up under 18 years or younger that's living in their parents' house, I think at 10 o'clock, every parent should make their kids put their phone on their dresser and turn them in. Mm -hmm. And I think every night, I think every two or three days, Every parent should look and get the passwords to their kids' phones, and they should go and look and Google and look at all the different things that their kids are doing in their phones. Because the only way we will save our kids, the only way we will save our future is we save them from all of this download and all of these things that they can actually see and pull up online at 2 and 3 o'clock in the morning. Kids aren't even getting 8 to 10 hours of sleep anymore because they're, they're being found with their phones in their rooms up all night long. Mm -hmm. Parents, you want to? if you don't believe me, Take your kids' phones and go through your kids' phones and look at the call log on what time they're up at night. When mm. you're sleeping, your child is up looking at some type of video. Some type of, he, he he's he's educating himself on things you will never imagine. And this world that we live in, that once again, that does not govern phones, governs everything else, but don't govern phones, right? Every phone is connected to a, some type of IP, a social security, some type of number. Yeah. So why so why don't we tell 18-year-olds, if you're 18 years old or younger, everything that's rated R or explicit is going to be blocked from your phone? Why don't we do that as a country? Why don't why do the kids have the same access? Doc, there's a app, there there's a, 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 a you can go on on Google, you can go on anything on this phone and you can pull up the whole, the most horrific murders ever. And you can watch the video. I know. And I so know. when you're wondering why freaking kids are freaking getting guns, going to school, pulling freaking triggers, bombs, all these different things, because we're growing up in a culture where video games are highlighting army people going to a freaking war and getting shot in the head. We got we got video games like freaking Call of Duty, who's 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 drawing up all of these war tactics. Yep. But guess what? Somebody's families that's really in war. I wouldn't have those video games in my doggone house. My kids right. can't play that in my house. Absolutely. Don't, I, I took all video games out of my freaking house because if you can't play nothing that teaches you something, then you damn sure won't play nothing that's gonna kill your brain, son. I, a thousand. Yeah, I'm so much on board with that because I, you, I will, I can go off on a soapbox about video games with that. I really, really. For me, for parents to not understand how their children's brains are being shaped and the fact that, like you just said, Call of Duty, I watched in therapy, I would watch 
patients come in and say, oh, my child's really, uh, he's angry and all these things, every time that video game would come up. You know, I never was a video game person, so I don't know him a lot, but I know that name. I know the name of the one you just said because every time parents would be like, I'd have take that game away from them. Why are they in a first-person shooter game? You're practicing. Remember, you're going to get good at what you practice, and you're allowing your child to practice this. And you're right. They do it at all hours of the night. And what does this do to your circadian rhythms when you're trying to sleep and you have a phone right in your face and you have that bright light shining on you so that your body thinks that it's daytime? Um, these are impacting us. So it all comes back again, decision makings and, and we, what we want to do. And this is what we set out to do with the 52 days of inspiration as well is continually bring awareness because if you can bring awareness to yourself on how you're making decisions and what's really going on, then you can make the changes you need to make. I'm telling you this, you know, we're talking about decisions, man. Doc, I'm worried. I'm worried for our country. You know, I, I, I just think, like I said, we're at war with everything. We have so much judgment going on, but the books, the good book says judge not like we have become our own gods. I said this the other night at a speech in LA, like we have removed God from the throne and of our lives. We don't care. There's no more order. There's no more protection of our kids' future. There are things that adults are starting to do now that they can care less. There are things on television. Doc, listen, let me tell you how deep it is. This eight-year-old kid, I have been in his life for a little while now. And he was over a friend's house. And they were playing a video game. And his father was in the military. And he was really struggling because his father was just killed. And mm. um, and so his father, I think he talked to his dad like two days before his father was killed. And his father told him, I'm coming home and I can't wait to see you. His mom had to walk in a few days later and said that your dad wasn't coming home. But this kid asked his mom, how did my father die, mommy? And she had to tell him the truth and say, your father died in war. Mm. He, asked, he asked her, mommy, what is war? She explained to him, war is where people don't agree. And he said, no, mommy. He said, like, how did he die, mommy? Mm. He, he said, no, I want to know how he died. And she was like, no, no. He said, please tell me. He said, he got shot in the head. Mm. He was over a friend's house. And he's playing a video game. And the friend was playing a video game. And the friend was playing a video game. That, and he shot somebody in the head. Jeez. This kid called me. On, he said, Mr. Lewis, can you call me? I got to control myself from getting emotional. Mm. He said, can you call me? And I called him. He said, I just saw my daddy die. And I said, I said, wait a minute. What, 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 what do you mean? He was like, my daddy just died. And doc, he visually put his father face in that video game. Mm. So his friend is playing this video game and this kid, visually looked at his father's face 
that he had never visualized what it looked like. His mom can only tell him, but he never visualized what it looked like. And he saw it. And he said his friend jumped up and was like, I killed that mother. Jeez. And he and he walked out and said and told his friend, that's the way my father died. Mm. And that's the life, and that's the world we're creating. That's, that's so yeah, that's moving me. I mean, yeah. like it's it's so yeah. I, I hope this wakes up listeners, and I really want our listeners to hear and clarify from what we're both saying. We're not judging. We're not judging you if you're playing video games. I'm, this is an assessment. There's a difference between judgment and assessment. An, an assessment, I'm going to look at what's going on, and I'm going to try to figure out what's going on. A judgment is, you, you know, I'm having, I, this is my, it's linked into this is my belief, and I'm standing fast on this. But look, an assessment is this. The reality is it's black and white when you can look at brain scan images, and you can hear the story that Ray, you just told, and know that in that little boy's brain, the same processes that happen for people who end up with post-traumatic stress disorder just happen in that young man's brain. Watching that crisis happen and, and, and the perception of what just happened there. So this isn't about judging people who are doing this. It's about making an assessment of reality that what's really going on when you're talking about the constant I need instant gratification from the phone, the constant, the, the violence that happens in people's brain and how it impacts them. And, and look, when you're watching this violence, when that little eight-year-old boy is eight-year-old boy is watching that violence, and when the, what you just told us that story, that impacted his brain just as much as a concussion would impact somebody's brain. That's how much that had a physiological effect on his brain. So this is about assessment. This is about assessing where we are as a society and assessing what we can do about it. And so you gave him, our listeners a great challenge that you, to put the phone down, step away from it, start to meditate, start to pray, start to take some time in quietness. I'm talking about the practical technique of delaying gratification. Next time you have an itch, next time you want to take a sip of something, just step back, take a breath because we need to start with ourselves. We need to start with mm. ourselves. Because a change has to happen. Mm -hmm. It has to happen. It has to happen. And you know, I, I think, man, I, I, I challenge us as a country, as a country, to challenge the people that's at the higher tier. Because that's where a lot of the problems are coming from, Doc. Like, you know, there's, there's people that's so above humanity that they don't realize the impact on what they're doing to our kids, our future people in general. Mm -hmm. You know, I understand we're making all of these nice gadgets and all of these new things that create this and create that. But can you imagine a world and, and you know, you do all these ice bucket challenges and you do all these challenges, which is for great causes. But can you imagine a cause of a, a, a call to peace across this world that tells every news and radio outlet in the world for the next 30 to 60 days, you cannot promote nothing bad? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine that? Well, you know can you what? imagine how refreshing that would be if people can wake up every day and get something positive? 
Can you imagine if you woke up every day and the news was actually showing how beautiful the sunrise really was, how beautiful the sunsets really was, instead of murder after murder after tragedy after robbery after... Why are we highlighting all of these bad people who's doing all of these bad things? Mm. They're more famous than the people in our communities that's doing good things. I... And, they're, and, they're, and they're starting to feed off of it. They're starting to realize to say, my life effed up anyway. So mm -hmm. guess what? I'm going to become famous one way or another. Mm -hmm. And if it won't be by making my own money, I'm going to become famous by hurting somebody else. And guess what we do? We highlight them. We write movies about them. We write stories and movies about them. Instead of, think about how hard it is for people with successful stories to have a movie done about them. Mm -hmm. And think about how easy it is for people to write stories about people who ruined lives. I, I, yeah, it makes me crazy. 100% backwards, Doc. Yep. It's 100% yep. backwards. It makes me crazy. I'll tell you what, and this this happened even last night. We were watching uh, football, and uh, you know Kai is there with us. We're watching, my wife and Kai and I were watching the, the games. And their commercials come on for stuff that we got to tell her to, you know, hold on, cover your eyes. Like, I can't believe that in the middle of a football game, you're seeing, like, this really intense violence. Like, that's not okay. So, yeah, I think we have a lot of work to do. Here's what's interesting. We set out today to give just a podcast on decision making, just trying to make people aware of what's going on with uh, what happens when they watch violent things. And yet there will be people who can listen to this and respond negatively. And what our, my challenge is to you out there is really listen. Listen to what we had to say today because this is a message of peace. This is a message of awareness. This is a message of taking time to step back and make an assessment of where we are and what you can do about it individually. Um, because we all are contributing energy to each other. We all are contributing energy to this world. And if you take, spend most of your time pointing out how other people are giving their energy, you're not working on your own. So start working on your own energy. Start doing some of the things that we talked about today. Uh, it begins with you. Yeah. I tell you what, you know, it's interesting because there's two dates. That we all have the same. Everybody's identical. Different DNA. But we all have the same dates. And that's the day you were born. And the day you die. And in between that. In between that. If you looked on any gravestone. There's a dash. And I'm telling people. To be careful what you leave. In the middle of that dash. Your check-in date and your check-out date. Because you will be held accountable for it. And I'm telling you as a country, the dash is more important to me than anything. Because when I'm gone, it's irrelevant. But it's everything that I have the ability to do while I'm here. Nobody's perfect. We've all made mistakes. And, and, and let me tell you something about people you spoke about who will have things to say. I don't, I don't, I don't have energy for ignorance. So I'm not speaking to ignorant people. I'm speaking to people that really want to change, who really want to do something different. We can't control everybody. And we can't save everybody. But I will tell you something you can do. You can make life better for you and everybody that's paying attention to you. 
Understand your message. That's, the, that's what we said, decision making. Understand your message in today's time. You know, these artists and these rappers and all these people who's, who's, who's just spitting out garbage nowadays. Ask yourself a real question. Does it help or does it hurt? Is it wrong or is it right? It, it's simple. It's really simple. I didn't even it's tell simple. you this happened. I just listened. I didn't even tell you what happened the other day. So people always sending music to me saying, hey, you know, I, I want to, I don't know why I'm not the hub for music, but somebody was sending me music. So this person sent me this music where this kid was a young rapper, talented young man. He can make rhymes, make good beats. Uh, he, they, they person asked if you and I would help uh, endorse him. And I said, I'm sorry, but he degrades women, talks about killing, talks about robbing, talks about making money. That's not what we're about. If you look at anything that Ray and I do, we don't support that and we're not going to support that. Um, so it's interesting because people just kind of blindly accept, I'll just keep making this music about this. And it's not okay. It's not okay to talk about degrading women doing all this stuff. So, yeah. That's powerful stuff, man. This is why I love doing this with you. And this is kind of transitioning into um, into what we're about to do with Secretary Wetzel, you know, with going into the into the prisons. Mm -hmm. And I think people should know about, you know, what our next moves are and to go into these prisons to speak to these lifers. People, if you don't know who what a lifer is people whose life is now over in in society they will be locked up in jail forever but there is still as horrific as those stories are there's good that me and doc are going into jails for mm -hmm. and that is we're going in there to do podcasts from the jails so that we can get the stories from the lifers so that we can save somebody or somebody's from not make from to to not to not make the same decision to 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 understand the moment you pull a trigger the moment you hurt somebody that your life changes forever mm -hmm. and and if we can stop that and if we can go get this message from these jails and and I'm telling you um, Secretary Wetzel Wetzel was the most inspiring podcast we've done to the to date. Mm. And to 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 see the things that he's done for people, but 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 Doc, I'm really excited about going into jails and and bringing that message back out to the streets and really relaying that message to people that we must do this differently and we must try something else. Yeah, and I can't. I'm really excited about that project because you know the three of us all say the same thing. Like everybody who's in there for life still has very powerful lessons to give us. And so we're going to go in, we're going to listen to their messages, and we're going to help bring those messages out to you. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that, because that's going to be one of the most powerful projects that we do. Hey, it's always, always a blessing to be able to sit down with you. Um, I love doing this every, every uh, twice a week. I love doing this with you, Ray. Bro, I, um, you know, I don't want to end, because um, we never want to end on somber moods, you know, because... You know, we can't we can't stop a bunch of this stuff that's going on. But I think the courage that I want to leave listeners is to ask yourself right now, put your phone down, take a break, go into a quiet room, close your eyes and envision what you want your future to look like. 
And more importantly, envision what your message is. Times of hard, you find yourself in this place where life seems to knock you down. Well, guess what? <laughs> I was there majority of my life. And now I made up the mind. I made up my mindset to never stop and always keep going. But you must have a plan. You must have a, a friend of mine gave me this golf analogy the other day. I'm learning golf. Can you believe that? <laughs> and and I'm starting to and I'm starting to practice golf. And as I was approaching the ball, he said something to me that I think we can use for life. He said, every time you approach the ball, you must have a plan. He said, you must have a routine. So when you see people get behind the golf ball and you look at the golf ball, they're imagining where they want it to be. Remember, the golf mm -hmm. ball isn't like no other sport. The golf ball doesn't move until you move it. And your plan and your mechanics coming up to it decides exactly where the golf ball will go. Mm. And it's the same as life. You must have a plan every day you wake up. You must have a plan with every opportunity. You must have an imagination of where you see yourself going. You must have a, you must have a vision. And most importantly, you must be inspired. You must inspire yourself. Today is about making the right decisions. Make the decisions today to inspire yourself. Don't look for it through the internet. Don't look for nobody to, 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 to approve your tweets. Tweet yourself. <laughs> That's good right there. Tweet yourself to something nice. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I, I, uh, I knew that I knew the day I met you that something special was going to happen. And the things that we're doing now, I sleep well at night knowing that one person, if not many, lives will be changed by us just truly sharing experiences. That's what I think. That's what I think the difference between knowledge and wisdom is, right? Mm -hmm. Knowledge is downloading everything you're supposed to download. But I think wisdom is the application of it. Is, is actually taken from the experience and either getting better and declaring that you cannot get worse. Mm. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I appreciate you every day, man. Hey, man. I appreciate you, man. Many blessings to see you, buddy. Um, and I love you, man. Tell the, tell the, tell the family I said hi, and uh, we'll be doing this thing again. It's huge. All right, yeah. man. Thank you so much for downloading Tackling Life Podcast. For more Tackling Life content and information about our guests, please visit TacklingLifePodcast.com. Subscribe to Tackling Life and you'll get two all-new episodes automatically downloaded each week. You can become a part of the Tackling Life community by following us on our Tackling Life Facebook and Twitter pages. We definitely want to hear from you, so please reach out. We'd also love for you to take a moment and give us a rating and a review on iTunes. Until next time... For Ray Lewis, I'm Dr. Christian Conti. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
A lot is being asked of people working in schools. Teachers have more and more things to do. The shortage of teachers right now, um, you know, having to fill a lot of holes and, and wear a lot of hats, it's, it's very difficult. There are steps you can take to manage stressful times, whether in the classroom or outside of work. For me personally, I can disconnect by just being outside. Laughing <laughs> works a lot. Find what helps at cdcfoundation.org slash how right now.